Thank you, as always, for the download, for the stream. However you're listening to this, thank you for doing so. And don't forget, if you're enjoying what you hear, and so far you haven't heard much, but the last five seconds, if they've been enjoyable, please support this podcast. There's a few ways you can do it. It's really, really easy. The first thing you can do is make sure you're subscribed. If you subscribe to the podcast, you will get every single episode that gets published for free. Every Thursday morning, you're going to get a new Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast with a great interview with the State of Wrestling, plus bonus episodes that we drop at random points in random weeks whenever it's necessary for a bonus State of Wrestling to be dropped. Uh, You can also do me a big favor and go over to iTunes, leave a review, uh, leave a five-star rating, uh, do all that because it really, really helps the podcast. And quite frankly, it's an easy thing for you to do. And of course, please support the great, great sponsors of this show. They believe in this show. That's why they've decided to sign on as sponsors. You guys believe in this show. Let's work together. Let's make it happen. And let's enjoy a brand new episode, today's episode of Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast. Introducing your host from New York, here is Sam Roberts. I have a a numbing agent that's uh, wearing off in my gums. I had teeth drilled today. Don't think less of me for it. I think it's a racket. I think my dentist is just telling me I have cavities that I don't have because he wants me to come in and pay for more dental work that I don't really need. Never have toothaches. Always have cavities. You tell me how that works out. But the numbness is going away, and I think that's because my mouth is getting excited because words about pro wrestling get to come out of it. Uh, Probably the same reason why your ears are getting excited. Welcome to Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast. Hopefully it's a welcome back. If it's your first time, where have you been? We've been here for a long, long time. Uh, I appreciate all you guys for being here. It's going to be a, it's a, it's a, it's a big podcast this week. There were, you know, there were multiple, I, I have to pick and choose when I do the bonus state of wrestling shows. There were multiple requests for bonus shows this week due to uh, various stories that broke over the week, uh, uh, whether it was superstars that are no longer going to be wrestling in the WWE or superstars that are going to start wrestling in the WWE. And how about just the fact that we can say wrestling this week because of the revival in reference to WWE. So much going on, um, so much going on in the world. Uh, and, it, and this week was a tough one to actually narrow down to five stories, you know, because there were, there were, there were so much, we're going to try to compact it all into the state of wrestling. So I can give you those top five, the things that you need to know this week in the world of pro wrestling. Um, you know, this is the last podcast before the big raw 25 show, which I'm really, really looking forward to. Uh, I'll be there. I'll be, uh, a part of it in some way, shape or form. Uh, I don't exactly know whether I'll be in Brooklyn or whether I'll be in Manhattan, I don't exactly know what I'm doing, but I know that I will be there. And quite frankly, that's enough because when you look at the guest list that this Raw 25 show has, it's unbelievable. It's 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 everyone. I guess really the only thing you can talk about because we can talk about the people who are going to be there. 
You talk about uh, Stone Cold and The Undertaker and Shawn Michaels and Triple H and the rest of DX and the New Age Outlaws and the Dudley Boys and the and the APA and the and and I guess I, I read this week that Christian is going to be there and the Bellas are going to be there and 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 uh, you know Brother Love's going to be there and everybody everybody's going to be there. Uh, the only people who I've read are not going to be there. I've read Mick Foley will not be there, which is odd. I think Mick Foley should be there and he should try to make a point to be there because. When you look at the history of Raw, you know, maybe his run as GM wasn't his finest thing that he's ever done, but his run as commissioner of Monday Night Raw was amazing television. And when you look at the top segments in the history of Raw in terms of ratings, Mick Foley's right there. This is your life, Rock. To take a segment like that, that's that long and that's no wrestling, it's a comedy segment, and actually make it work on that TV show without... Well, I mean, I'm not going to say without the help of writers, but without being so heavily scripted, like a lot of that was improv. Uh, I think it's amazing. And I think uh, Mick Foley really should be there. Uh, I don't know why he's not. And Edge, another unfortunate one. We won't be able to celebrate the live sex celebration because Edge won't be there. Eric Bischoff was formally, form formally announced this week. Uh, so he'll be part of Raw 25. It's going to be a party, man. It's going to be a really fun show. And it's the go-home show before Royal Rumble. I mean, think about it. This week coming up, you'll have Raw 25 on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Big Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast. Friday, you take a breather. Saturday, you've got NXT TakeOver Philly. Sunday, you've got the Royal Rumble. And then we're going to be at WrestleMania again already. My God, the year goes quickly. Uh, But a, a guy that's been a big part about all this stuff. And by the way, with all these shows that are coming up, because, you know, all, this is all East Coast, you know, Brooklyn, Manhattan, Philly, the Road to WrestleMania tour uh, kicks off right after the Royal Rumble and goes across the country, and I believe outside of the country too, uh, because I heard about this, and I, I did this, I'm serious, I did this for you guys, uh, I realized how many live events were coming up, I personally reached out to SeatGeek and said, guys, I know we've done work together, but a lot of the Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast listeners, uh, they love taking advantage of of the deals that you have. So I, I have a new promo code for SeatGeek. We're back in business with them. We'll get to it later on the podcast after the interview, uh, but, but uh, keep your ears open for that and write down the code because I can get you a, a good deal on tickets coming up to uh, WWE shows and really any shows, concerts, whatever. But we'll get to that. Uh, Before we do, we talk about everything that's been happening and really one of the big stories in the last month uh, has woken us all up to the talents of Matt Hardy. Yes, we were waiting for so long to for for broken Matt Hardy to enter into the WWE and uh, (laughs) woken Matt Hardy uh, is here in broken Matt Hardy's place. Uh, and it's really, it's really an interesting journey. Um, I thought that the woken Matt Hardy, uh, character needed a little bit more explanation, especially for people that maybe didn't experience broken Matt Hardy, although there's not many of us that didn't. Um, and timing worked out very nicely because for you guys that have WWE 2K18, where, whether it's on, Uh, PlayStation, Xbox, Nintendo Switch, uh, the downloadable content pack, the DLC pack featuring Matt Hardy, Jeff Hardy, the Rock and Roll Express, and the Glamazon, 
play-by-play uh, uh, color commentator, I should say, for Mixed Match Challenge, Beth Phoenix, is available now. So, you can go and you can play as Matt Hardy on 2K18 as of right now. But before you do that, you can get to know Woken Matt Hardy a little bit better. Because this week, my guest on the podcast, I had to call the, 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 the compound and talk to the man himself. Ladies and gentlemen, here on Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast. And this is very special because if you remember, I believe Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast, if we checked the dates, was the first wrestling podcast to have broken Matt Hardy as a guest. I think. I could be mistaken. But I'm pretty sure the first podcast that had broken Matt Hardy on was Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast. We now get into that DeLorean, hook up the flux capacitor, get the Mr. Fusion working, go into the future, into 2018, and we welcome Woken Matt Hardy to Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast, my guest this week on the show. And now, the Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast interview. Welcome back. You know, we've, 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 I feel like, uh, Matt, we have we've met at many uh, places in your career and in your life. I've I've known and spoken to Matt Hardy, then broken Matt Hardy, then once again Matt Hardy, and now woken Matt Hardy. Do you do you feel like the place that you're at is the supreme being of Matt Hardy? Well, of course, brother brother Sam Roberts. Uh, we've known each other. We're quite kindred souls. We've known each other for many many thousands of years. Our souls have traveled together. We have uh, have kept track of each other throughout time, and yes, it was very, uh, very delightful to be speaking to you again today, indeed. So I didn't realize our souls had traveled together for that long. <clears throat> oh, of course, of course, you, you're not aware. I mean, you have not broken down the barriers of your mind to allow your mind to be woken yet, you know. But I, I would imagine one day you will. Most souls that usually travel, you know, over the course of you know, over the course of five, six hundred years, usually at some point they reach that where they're able to uh, to follow the trail through our different human vests. Yes, we we have we are we actually we are, we're neighbors in Portland, Oregon. Uh, it was two hundred seventy six, two hundred almost two hundred seventy seven years ago. Wow, and I we must have gotten along well. Uh, of course, yes, of course. Oh. We're, we're kindred souls. We've always been. Good, good, good. So, so. What is life like uh, uh, in the environment that you're in now for for Awoken Matt Hardy? I mean, I don't think the WWE has seen anything like uh, like yourself uh, in quite some time, if ever. I mean, I I would say that the WWE has never seen uh, anything like Woken Matt, but you probably have a lot more knowledge than me about uh, time as long as it's existed. But 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 in this year, in 2018, what is life like? For Woken Matt Hardy being in the WWE? Uh, of course, they, they haven't seen anything like it, and they have only seen a sliver of the things that they're going to see. And, you know, one thing I think that is very beneficial for all the WWE universe, Brother Sam, is that we do this thing in a very specific way, because the Woken universe is such a vast, enormous concept. You have to remember, uh, the people who do, like you, you're a very, very intelligent being. Right. People who know the backstory, you know, before my condition... Uh, was subdued at WrestleMania 33 when my condition first started and the barriers of my mind were broken. You know everything that was involved in that universe. 
And I think this universe will still come to be, but like there are so many WWE fans that are younger children, younger vessels, or, or people that just primarily watch the WWE. So I think they begin by knowing Woke and Matt Hardy, and that's a great thing. And then as time goes on, we can continually uh, add more and more to the fray, and then we'll be able to un- understand, then we'll be able to digest it at that time. So I, I am a- actually very happy of the way my Woke and Wisdom is being presented as of right now. Are you surprised based on, uh, you know, because you're right, that the, the WWE audience is a younger audience. There's there's just more people. There's a lot of people who haven't seen anything like this before and might not expect it out of Matt Hardy, are you uh, surprised or happy at the response that you've gotten? Yes, I, I mean, I, I am. I am very happy with the amount of fans that, that, that do know the backstory uh, of my past and the fans that don't. I'm very happy and ecstatic with how they are slowly coming around and, and learning and and, uh, and actually accepting and embracing the new me. I mean, for a minute there, some people, even that absolute mule, Michael Cole, thought I was having a breakdown, but it, it wasn't a breakdown. It wasn't that I was going crazy or insane. I was actually just becoming more, once again, I was becoming more than just a, a, a mortal vessel or more than just a human being. And as you know from my backstory about the past and some of the things I've done, that is absolutely the case. Yeah, I mean, do you find it insulting that at first people look at this as, as you have lost it, you've gone crazy? when in actuality you view this as evolution? Well, of course, but it's also very difficult because they just they, they have these wee little portions of their mind that they use. They only use 7 or 8%, so I can't expect them to comprehend things on this vast level that I am able to. So it's, that's understood, and I do have a lot of... I, I am a benevolent great leader in, in the Great War, and uh, as, as a benevolent general, I do. I have patience and understanding for these people, and I will make sure that they, they, they slowly, but they surely understand my condition. And if who, they don't, then they will be sentenced to violation. Right, right. Who are you? Uh, who is the Great War against? Uh, the Great War is the oldest war that has ever existed, that has raged on for eternity, and it is light versus dark. Uh, right. There are always different people that stand in front of my path. Uh, being the representation of the dark. And currently, you know who it is. It's it's that uh, grotesque, horrendous, treacherous, nefarious, putrid, vile Sister Abigail and Bray Wyatt. Right, right, right. Now, um, you said a minute ago that, uh, you know, most of us use 7% of our brain. Have you been tested to find out how much, now that you're woken, how much of your brain you're actually uh, uh, capable of, of using? I do not have to be tested. I, I just know automatically. I'm using 51%. Wow. It increases yearly. It increases year? Okay, so there's some kind of annual, uh, and is it is it a single percentage, or, or does it go up like the first year it's 2%, the next year it's 4%? No, every 100 years it's 1%. Oh, I see. So every century. So it's you, like a, 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 it's a, it's a point, a, a, a point of one every year. Oh, I see. So there is, I mean, that is still a pretty significant difference based on the fact that we're only using 7%. Um, I noticed uh, on Raw uh, this week or last week that uh, your theme music debuted uh, for the WWE Universe. It was new. It was it was the piano. It was kind of what some of us who might know your history would, would hope to get to, uh, and we got to it. Who, who was the... Who was the performer behind your entrance music that we heard for the first time? Uh, I, I, I could tell you that information. Mm-hmm. I could divulge that information right now, but I have been asked to keep it secret. But speaking of that, we have some other things we're working on. Uh, actually, you're very familiar with Queen Rebecca's work, right? Of course. I have a very special. Uh, uh, I have a very special rendition I would like to offer you, Queen Rebecca. Please. Oh my gosh. We must talk about the fate of Bray Wyatt. <laughs> 
just for one second. Hopefully you can hear this in the background. I can. This is the beautiful Queen Rebecca, and she's playing the absolute sweet. And the reason why is because I have sentenced Bray Wyatt to deletion. And as you know, he'll fade away and classify himself as obsolete. Many times her fingers touch the keys of ivory, of negro and blanca. It's so beautiful. It's absolutely angelic. Yes. Thank you, Queen Rebecca. I cannot wait to have you perform my entrance music live one day soon. That sounds. That yeah, sounds. Sorry, fan- thank you, Sam. I hope you appreciate that. I wouldn't do that for everyone, but we are kindred souls. Yeah, no, I can tell that from the music, and not only do I appreciate that, but I feel like there is a certain strength that uh, I felt I was drawing a certain strength from that. I feel like you felt you must have been drawing a certain strength from that, but at the same time, it felt like just in the melody of that music, it could be weaponized against enemies. For instance, Bray Wyatt. Of course, yes. Uh, this soothing. Uh, angelic piano music often helps me uh, feed off the crowd. You know, I absorb the energy. And I asked him, I said, feed me your energy. And it, and it continually gives my, my, uh, my vessel strength. And that is what I asked him to do. Now, when we saw you return to WWE, of course, uh, we were all very, very surprised at WrestleMania uh, when you and your brother uh, came out. And, and watching you and your brother in the WWE over the past several months has been a pretty big treat for a lot of us that didn't think it was going to happen. Uh, what is the status of your brother, whether he's Jeff or brother Nero, and uh, how does he feel about your, your Woken transformation? Uh, currently his status, he, is, uh, he had, had a, uh, an injury, mm-hmm. and we had taken care of that, and uh, we have now started to expedite it a little bit more because he has been soaking it in water from the Lake of Reincarnation, so it is healing it at a very rapid pace. Oh, that's great. And I would imagine that, that when he returns, it would be as part of, of the, as, as part of your Woken universe, one of the Woken warriors. Uh, uh, it will be very interesting when he returns. I actually think it would be beneficial to everyone in the WWE universe once again if he does return as the charismatic enigma Jeff Hardy, mm-hmm. and we would see the metamorphosis of him going back to Brother Nero if that's what he chooses to do. But as you know, you know my history, you know my backstory. I, uh, I had released him after I had to delete him and help rebuild him again from the ground up, from scratch. I made him into a greater being, and I have allowed him to choose his own destiny. If he returns to this plane known as WWE, whether he chooses to be the charismatic enigma Jeff Hardy, whether he chooses to be Brother Nero, whether he chooses to be Willow, whatever he chooses, I will support him in any way, shape, or form. Yeah, and I would imagine that should God forbid, and I don't want to put negative energy out there, but should God forbid, at any moment, you know, in the next even several years, you have to delete your brother Jeff again, I can only imagine that since you rebuilt him, that it would be much, much more difficult to delete that, wouldn't it? Uh, yes, I would. Uh, it, it, it would be. It would certainly be much more difficult because he is. Uh, he has been. He has been rebuilt. And he has been stronger, and he has almost been rebuilt in my image. So it would be much, right. much more difficult. It almost brings me to the the whole process that I'm thinking about in this uh, current great world that I have ongoing with Bray Wyatt. It's yes, like he is uh, almost possessed. He contains this, this this terrible sister Abigail, and that is that is the the nucleus of, of his evil of of his of his strength. 
So that is what I, I mainly have to focus on. Sister Abigail is the driving force that fuels him in his evil. And I feel like when I look at Bray Wyatt, there's something more to him. As, as we have known one another, myself and the Sister Abigail, for thousands and thousands of years, and she is the true root of evil. Bray, actually, I feel, contains some sort of light inside of him, but I must greet Sister Abigail for that to truly be exposed. Wow, okay, so the deletion that you want to get done is, is Sister Abigail, which is the evil inside. You want to bring Bray into the light. I would imagine this is a huge disadvantage for Bray Wyatt because it seems like in his career, every positive move that he has made has been based around a, a lot of confusion, people that don't quite understand what the motives or motivations for Bray Wyatt are, whereas it seems like you have figured out this entire Sister Abigail thing better than anybody I've heard. Uh, of course. I mean, I, I have dealt with Sister Abigail uh, thousands of years ago in the, in the same deal, whenever she, was, she had, was dwelling within other vessels. You know, there's something within Bray that has been compressed, and it is because of the, the, the notorious disgusting, putrid, horrendous, grotesque Sister Abigail. She is the one that has been marked for deletion. And if Bray's vessel does not come along and does not try and insist with this, then he must be deleted as well. I see, I see. Now, is there any potential of uh, old favorites uh, rearing their heads again? For instance, Vanguard 1, I think a lot of people are missing. Uh, of course. I, I almost wish we used Vanguard 1 to connect on this phone call. We would have never have been <laughs> like that was before, because Vanguard 1 has a superior technology. Yeah, you know, it's interesting that, like, you, you have the yeah, technology. Vanguard 1, Van, Vanguard, Van, Van, Vanguard 1 is still looming. Vanguard 1 is everywhere. He is uh, still best friends with Senior Benjamin, and he uh, it, it is a little bit of a slow season because it is winter here, obviously, right. in North Carolina, so he doesn't have to do as much yard work as possible. But he is uh, very, very uh, well prepared to uh, prepare the battlefield for massacre. You know, it really is good to know that, that Woken Matt and the Woken Universe, it seems like you were all almost lying dormant until a threat came that you needed to be woken from. And when you were woken, the entire army comes with you. And I guess that threat was Bray Wyatt and Sister Abigail. Well, the, 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 the whole point was my, I had broken down the barriers of my mind, and I had be become more. I had become magic. And then once I came back to the WWE and I entered that plane, the reception of returning home at WrestleMania 33 caused my condition to somewhat lay dormant. And then as time went on, it kept manu manifesting, manifesting, manifesting. And when I finally touched the consumer of terrestrial entities, Bray Wyatt, I felt the energy and the magic within Sister Abigail. And although it was black magic, it triggered my white magic. And then all of a sudden I was woken. And then my magic came back full-fledged at, at, uh, at, at 100%. So now that that has happened, things are rapidly happening. They are rapidly manufacturing within me. They are changing. They are, they are growing. They are, I am garnering strength. I am garnering more magic as time goes on. And uh, Sister Abigail... I owe her, I guess, a, uh, a bit of gratitude for making me wake again. But uh, with that same thing being said, she must be deleted. When you are woken, is your mind in a state of chaos or clarity? How does, how does your brain work? Being from a place, I mean, the transition only happened you know, uh, weeks ago from, from, from a, a spot that you were in before where you were Matt Hardy into this woken state. Like, did, how, how does your brain feel right now? Uh, it, it, it feels amazing. Yeah. It, it is, uh, absolutely never turns off. I, 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 once I've got woke, I stay woke. 
my brain never goes to sleep. There might be times where my mortar vessel lays down and sleeps just a little bit here, but my mind, it never sleeps. It is constantly going. It is constantly becoming stronger. It is constantly becoming more intelligent. Uh, I don't sleep. I just dream. My mind lays there, and it envisions things. It's these premonitions. It, uh, it, it just dreams. It never cuts off. It just constantly is accelerating. So your vessel will wake up in the morning with all the answers that you were looking for the night before because your, your brain had kept working. Of course, yes, wow. you understand. Wow, yeah, it makes sense. I mean, it's it's something that I think we should all strive for and probably why Woken Matt has become such a phenomenon with the WWE Universe. So, uh, for the first time in many, many years, uh, as of this week, Matt Hardy is going to be available in WWE uh, 2K18 as a downloadable character. Uh, this has to be... I would imagine a thrill for you in the sense that so many Woken Warriors are going to be able to uh, live out their their Woken Matt Hardy fantasies with the help of, of 2K18. Uh, this is absolutely correct, Brother Sam. Do you play video games? It's, it's, uh, quite often, uh, as you know, I uh, stay very... Very busy. Yeah. Uh, you know, obviously I have two of the greatest souls known to mankind in King Max and Lord Wolfgang. Sure. But now their vessels are in the infantile stages, so they are quite a handful to take care of. Right. So no, I, I, I do not play video games, but I quite often make an exception when it comes to a special occasion like this. I'm going to have this, these characters of Matt Hardy and Brother Nero and the Express that Rock and Rolls and Beth Phoenix, and I'm going to <laughs> indulge in playing in this video game some more because I want to experience the same thing that all my tremendous Woken Warriors will be able to experience on Tuesday. And Young Wolfgang may be too young to fully appreciate it, but I would imagine King Maxwell would get quite a thrill seeing you portrayed in a video game. Oh, I'm sure, yes. King Maxwell will find it absolutely exhilarating. Yeah. King Maxwell is quite the handsome. I must tell you, on... Uh, on New Year's Day, when I was just at the uh, when I was at the Monday Night Raw, right. the the evening when we were there, Queen Rebecca and King Max were there, sitting in the crowd watching, and Bray Wyatt was there, and I showed up on the screen, and and King Maxwell, my uh, Queen Rebecca, had to physically restrain him. He attempted to hit the ring because he was going to delete Bray Wyatt. <laughs> cannot rush. You have to move your chest. You have to move your chest pieces one at a time, King Maxwell. That is something I have to work on and teach him patience. Patience is paramount, especially when you're in such a young vessel like his. Right, but he's ready to go to war now. Oh, he, he was ready to go to war now, yes. Is and it, I said, patience is paramount, young soldier. Patience it, is paramount, young king. As his vessel grows, is this, is this life that you've led something that you would encourage King Maxwell to lead? Should that be something that he wants to do? Of course, yes. I mean, if that is something he would like to do, he is a, he is a quite... He, he is actually... A, Quite advanced already in the professional wrestling game, as you know. He has he has endured a, a few matches. He has some televised wins. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know he uh, has a win over Rockstar Spud. Right. And uh, he has a win over the Disco Inferno. Right. And uh, he has very much mastered the leg drop and the splash. But I have to really work on him because he has tendencies. Being a young man, he wants to be a spot monkey, and I cannot let him contract the spot monkey addiction. Because it does, it, it is a bit hereditary. It, it does kind of run in our family a little bit. So I have to make sure to stay on him and make sure he gets back to basics, uh, the, the fighting, the one-on-one -on -one combat that, that this uh, pro wrestling is supposed to be. Well, that goes to patient being paramount, right? The spot monkey-itis uh, uh, does not... Uh, uh, that, that comes from a lack of, of realizing that patience is the paramount uh, 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 element, right? 
Yes, yeah. absolutely. Yes, that, it's very hard when you have these uh, these when you have these these minds and these young vessels. You know, their soul gets so frustrated. Whenever I speak to King Maxwell's soul, he gets so frustrated with King Maxwell's young mind and his young young vessel. But you know, patience is paramount, and he, we will get him there. Yes, he is the greatest soul known to mankind. Of course, we will get him there. So, should you be able to either free? the vessel of Bray Wyatt of this hindrance known as Sister Abigail or simply need to delete both of them in order to delete Sister Abigail. Is there anybody else on the horizon that you think uh, you may need to go to war with or are you locked into Sister Abigail at the moment? Uh, currently, I am locked into Sister Abigail, but they are, there are a few beings around that I see have traces of magic in, which intrigue me, which make me think that I have to certainly uh, keep Vanguard 1 uh, monitoring their uh, monitoring their movements. Well, yeah, because I guess you would have to figure out if it's white magic and they would be one to join you, or black magic and one uh, that you would have to compete with, right? Exactly. Right. That makes sense to me. Well, look, I, I don't think I need to remind anybody, but I would encourage uh, anybody, if you already have uh, 2K18, then uh, go ahead and download uh, all of the new uh, superstars that are available for that game. I will certainly be downloading it so uh, uh, so the Woken One will appear in my copy of WWE 2K18 as well as Brother Nero and everybody else available in that pack. If you don't have the game, it's easy to get, whether you're on uh, PlayStation or Xbox. You can just buy it in those stores. You can get it on uh, uh, Nintendo Switch now. It's available across all platforms. Uh, and it's a really, really fun game, so I would recommend getting it. And if it's a special occasion enough, the Woken... Matt, with everything that he has on his plate in this Woken War, will take some time out to celebrate and play this game. I think it's worth all of us giving it a shot. Absolutely. Well, thank you. <laughs> what, a, what a great wrap-up, Brother Sam. That was absolutely delightful. I appreciate that, and I appreciate your time, uh, and I'll see you soon. I, I, I'm, I'm truly enjoying uh, watching uh, the Woken War come to my Monday nights. We certainly will, my friend. We are kindred souls. Thanks to Woken Matt. And before we go any further, I want to welcome Seat Geek back to Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast, a wonderful sponsor that really is one of the most helpful sponsors to this show and to you guys because Seat Geek has created a better way for you guys to buy tickets, whether it's to wrestling shows, whether it's to concerts, whether it's to sporting events. Whatever you need, Seat Geek is the smartest, easiest way to get tickets to every type of live event. Whether it's a last minute deal you need, whether you're planning a night out, whether you need to find the perfect gift, SeatGeek helps you get the best seats at the best prices, fully guaranteed. Look, it's the only ticket website that I would bother using. There's so many other ticket websites that are, are, are so concentrated on trying to get as much money out of your pocket as they possibly can. You don't know whether you're getting a good deal. You just, you want to go to the show so bad that you end up paying way too much. And it's ridiculous, okay? Anywhere you go, with just a few taps, you can instantly find seats to wherever you want to go thanks to the SeatGeek app. Uh, you could just, I mean, look, if I wasn't going to Raw 25 with the WWE, I'd be using the SeatGeek app because otherwise it's impossible to get tickets. They do a great job of, of, of ranking everything, okay? Like usually it's like it just shows you what's available. SeatGeek tells you not only what's available, 
But what's the best value? Meaning you can get the most expensive tickets if you want. You can get the front row tickets if you want. If all you're concentrating on is getting the best tickets possible, SeatGeek has got you. If what you want is the best deal possible, if you're one of these guys who loves value, SeatGeek has got you covered. You don't believe me, check it out for yourself. You got to make SeatGeek your go-to app for finding the best deals on every type of ticket, sports, uh, concerts, comedy, theater, and best of all, and this is what's great for you guys. If you don't, if you don't want to take my word for it, fine. Try it out for yourself. And I'm so confident in it. I talked to SeatGeek. I'm going to get you $20 off of your first SeatGeek purchase. All you have to do is download the SeatGeek app and enter promo code SAM today. That's promo code SAM, S-A-M, for $20 off your first SeatGeek purchase. Get the app, enter promo code SAM, you'll get your 20 bucks, and you'll be where you want to be. Thank you, SeatGeek. Thank you, Matt Hardy. Check him out. Let's get on with the show. Here is Sam Roberts. You know, at some point, I'm going to want to sit down with Matt Hardy outside of character. Matt Hardy is one of the few. You know who's great with in-character interviews? Uh, There's not that many people. But if you go to my YouTube channel, years ago, I interviewed Damian Sandow while he was carrying the Money in the Bank briefcase. And it was so much fun. He, like, owned the character. He knew who it was. He lived it. He breathed it. It was fantastic. Um, and, And that is what I love in this world. So I don't mind interviewing people in character if they can live and breed the character, especially when we have an exclusive piano performance to this show from the lovely Rebecca. I mean, come on. What other show, what other wrestling show is going to provide you with something as special as that? I'm going to take my 11-month-old son And I'm going to sit him down tonight and I'm going to allow him to listen to this podcast and drift to sleep as he hears the melodic tones of Miss Rebecca hitting those ivory keys. I mean, is she amazing or what? Thank you again to Matt Hardy and to 2K uh, for helping hook that up. Make sure you get that DLC pack and get the Hardy Boys and the Rock and Roll Express and Beth Phoenix in your game. A lot. A lot to go over this week. Uh, unfortunately, I don't think that Raw 25 is going to make the top five stories. We talked about it a bunch last week, um, but I'm really, really excited about it. I think it is something that we should be talking about this weekend. It, it, it feels bigger than most pay-per-views. Raw 15 was a huge show. Uh, Pete Gass was actually talking about Raw 15 last time he was on the podcast, uh, and he was talking because he took part in that battle royal. But I am really curious as to what WWE is going to do with everybody that they've got coming to Raw 25. Because it's not like they can just throw everybody in a battle royal. Because so many people uh, aren't wrestling anymore, you know? So many people are injured now. So the list that I have in front of me has... Steve Austin, Ric Flair, The Undertaker, and this is not an official WWE list. This is from PW Insider, which is a great website. Um, I've got Steve Austin, Ric Flair, The Undertaker, Scott Hall, Kevin Nash, JBL, Ron Simmons, The Dudley Boys, The Bella Twins, The New Age Outlaws, DX, I guess Triple H and Shawn Michaels, Jim Ross, Jerry Lawler, Eric Bischoff, Chris Jericho, back from Japan, Sergeant Slaughter, Ted DiBiase, The Boogeyman, 
Brother Love, which I hope Bruce Pritchard is in the Brother Love character. Teddy Long, John Laurinaitis, The Godfather, X-Pac, Mean Gene, Kelly Kelly, Miss Jackie, Terry Runnels, Michelle McCool, Maria Canellis, Tori Wilson, uh, Trish Stratus, and Christian, who I don't think was on that list. Yes, all, all planning on being there. And I just don't see a lot of those guys in a battle royal. Now, maybe there will be a battle royal. There'll probably be a whole bunch of unannounced talent that's also there. You know, I, I, last year in that battle royal, you had guys like, obviously, Pete Gass. You had Steve Blackman making a surprise appearance. There's probably going to be a lot of guys at this Raw 25 that are, you know, sort of the uh, the mid-card, uh, more obscure guys. You know, I don't want to say anything uh, disrespectful, but some of the more obscure guys that are probably going to be there too. It's going to be really, really interesting on a couple levels. This is also the first time that Raw, I believe, has been a simulcast since WWE bought WCW and they did the Raw and Nitro simulcast. Uh, I don't exactly know. I'm assuming they're going to go from building to building. Uh, I don't think that they that they would do an extended stay at the Manhattan Center, meaning I don't think they'll do like an hour from the Manhattan Center and then two hours from the Barclays. I would think they do like, you know, a couple segments at the Barclays, then throw to, to the Manhattan Center for some kind of fun thing, then back to the Barclays. Hopefully, I think it'd be really cool. And it's tough to, I mean, it's not even that tough to do. You can do it by subway. You could probably do, I mean, it'd make more sense to do it by car, but if there's traffic, you can, You. can. it's possible is what I'm saying. I want there to be like guys that start out at the Manhattan Center or Barclays Center and then end up at the other building. You know, I want I want to see cuz that's how it's really going to feel live. You know, that that's what's really going to make it feel live. If you've got guys that start in one building and end in another building or go back and forth or whatever it is, maybe at the end of the show you have everybody at the Barclays Center or everybody whatever it is. I think it's going to be interesting. The other interesting thing is that the Manhattan Center is in New York. So the first 30-something episodes of Raw uh, were from the Barclays. We're from, were from the Barclays Center. It really just started uh, five years ago. The first 30-something episodes of Raw were from the Manhattan Center. The Manhattan Center sits about 600 people. It's a very small room. The Manhattan Center is located, you know, the Hammerstein Ballroom is where Ring of Honor did Final Battle. ECW did a bunch of pay-per-views from there. Uh, WWE did the ECW One Night Stand pay-per-views from the Hammerstein Ballroom. It's this beautiful-looking place. It sits, you know, several thousand people. Less than, not 10,000 people, but, you know, like, I don't know, probably 4,000 or something like that. Maybe 3,000, 4,000. Above it, in the same building, above... The Hammerstein Ballroom, that's where you'll find the Manhattan Center. And when I tell you that this is not like this 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 giant arena that WWE has become known for, my company, SiriusXM, where I work and do my, uh, you know, my day job, the morning show, Jim Norton and Sam Roberts, we had our Christmas party in the Manhattan Center, which normally I don't even go to, but I had to go to because I'm like... I'm having a Christmas party in the room where I used to watch Monday Night Raw from when I was in school, you know, when I was a kid. That's just amazing. But that's just to give you an idea of what may normally take place in a room like the Manhattan Center. TNA, if you remember, did a set of TV tapings from the Manhattan Center, and that's one of the many times that the company was trying to rebrand. 
So I'm I'm excited to see what they do with that room and and how much they make it look like the old school Raw. Will they bring back the old R.A.W. letters? I believe the last time Raw was in the Manhattan Center, they returned to the Manhattan Center to do the special ECW Invasion of Raw episode. That's the one where Sabu jumped off the R.A.W., Devon Dudley was there, Taz was there, uh, the Eliminators started the show, the BWO took over. Um, That was the last time that they did a full show from the Manhattan Center. And that was a throwback show. Like that, it had been years since they were actually at the Manhattan Center. And, you know, I'm a big fan of the retro Raws that they used to do. They did a handful of retro Raws where they had the red, white, and blue ropes and the blue ring apron, and it really looked cool and old school. I think that that's going to be up 100 degrees uh, when they do it at the Manhattan Center. So I'm really looking forward to it. I think it's going to be a really, really special show on Monday night. And uh, I'm super happy that I'm going to be there. I don't exactly know in what capacity, but whatever capacity it is, just the fact that I'm there, I'm super, super psyched to be a part of it. Uh, I want to get in to the top five stories this week in this wild and wacky world of pro wrestling. Uh, I may have to combine, like I may have to make Raw itself its own story because there were a couple stories coming out of Raw that deserve to be in the top five. Uh, I don't know. Let's see how it pans out right now, this week, in the State of Wrestling. It's now time for this week's State of Wrestling. State of Wrestling time, one of my favorite times of the week. I have a lot of favorite times of the week. I have great, great weeks. But this is one of my favorite times of the week. It's when we get to run down what I believe are the top five stories in the world of pro wrestling over the last seven days. And as I stated earlier this week, it's been a wild seven days. It has been a crazy seven days in the world of pro wrestling. I think for three, at least three different stories this week, I had multiple requests to do a bonus state of wrestling. Those bonus state of wrestlings are few and far between. You really need some meat to sink into for a bonus state of wrestling. But I did have a very tough time narrowing it down to five stories. I probably could have done a 10-story, double-sized state of wrestling this week, but I decided that's not what we do in the state of wrestling. We keep it to five, and that's what we're going to do. We are live on Facebook as we do this. If you want to be a part of the live Facebook, then uh, friend me or like me or whatever it is at facebook.com slash notsam. You can like the page, you can turn your alerts on, and you'll get an alert every time we go live on Wednesday to record the State of Wrestling uh, for this week's show. Now, let's start it. By the way, I already see, before we start, speaking of Facebook, Travis Taylor says Mixed Match Challenge is now up to 1.2 million views. I want to sound off a little bit about Mixed Match Challenge uh, before we get into the official top five list of State of Wrestling 1.2 million views is huge, and I think that uh, it's got a lot of potential on Facebook. 1.2 million views isn't close to what Raw and SmackDown do, but I'll bet 1.2 million views is more than 205 Live does, to be honest, on the WWE Network every week. I think 1.2 million views, uh, 24 or so hours removed from the original airing, is really, really good for uh, Mixed Match Challenge. I do think that the show needs to be a little bit more Facebook-friendly. Uh, I loved uh, the 
positioning of Renee Young and Byron Saxton. I love that they were at ringside to start the thing, that the thing just starts with Finn Balor's entrance, and then the commentators are there, and then it goes right to Renee and Byron. Like, it, it, like in the beginning, it felt quick, it felt alive, it felt movement. I've got to tell you, the match itself, while it was a good match, and it's a good opportunity for a showcase of talents, you get to see Shinsuke Nakamura and Finn Balor in the ring together, which is not something you see every day. You get to see the female talent uh, in a, a position of prominence, which is always a good thing. You know, Natty and Sasha not being thought of as valets for the big stars of Finn Balor and Shinsuke Nakamura, but as just as big a stars themselves. You know, you see the promo for next week with Asuka and The Miz working together like they're a team of equals, which is going to make the female superstars look even better. Uh, so I think on that level, it's good. Uh, I like that the promos are being shot on cell phones, on iPhones. I think that that's, that adds to it. Um, I think everything is good. The formatting is good for the before and after the match, the pro, everything. The, the, I like that. My issue was that the match itself was shot and displayed the same way a WWE match would be shown on Raw and SmackDown and 205 Live and Superstars and Main Event and every other show, pay-per-view. Once the match started, there was nothing that made it special. Um, I think the WWE has to figure out a way, without actually distracting from what could be a great match, has to figure out a way to kind of make it a little snappier. If they're going to go Facebook, it's only a 20-minute show. It's on uh, uh, Facebook Watch. It's like, you know, quick, quick, quick. It's, it's, there's got to, it's got to feel like there's more stuff happening while the match is happening. Whether it's uh, uh, shots of the commentators talking. Whether, I don't know how you break it up because you don't want to be disrespectful to the match itself because that's the bread and butter. I just think that the match, I'm going to sit down with that show and figure out what I would do to shoot and display the match differently to make it more Facebook friendly. Cause that was my only critique is that, is that it wasn't shot. The match itself wasn't shot right for Facebook. I thought Finn Balor was excellent on the show. I love that he's smiling now but it's coming across almost like he's smiling, like that he doesn't care. It's like a heelish smile. It's not a white meat baby face smile, which I think is great. But Mixed Match Challenge is not in the top five stories. This week's top five stories begins now. And number five is all the banned things that were on Raw. The banned things on Raw is the number five story this week. And when I say banned things, I'm talking about the first thing, which was the Revival promo, where they said uh, they weren't sports entertainers, they were wrestlers. They said wrestling over and over again in that thing, which everybody knows by now is a big no-no in the world of WWE. Um, I love when there's an acknowledgement of a WWE policy that the fans are aware of. Like, the fans know that the word wrestling and wrestler is never said on WWE TV. If you watch WWE TV, you're aware of it. And anybody who's got the internet is aware that that is deliberate and something that happens on purpose. I think that calling out that policy, number one, uh, does wonders for not insulting our intelligence, being the fan base, you know, making, like, don't think that we don't know what's going on, because we do. And number two, it really gives an identity to the revival. 
It's one thing to just say this tag team is old school. Man, they go by old school rules. Well, what does that mean? We as intelligent, my intelligent wrestling fans, we as intelligent wrestling fans are aware that like old school means wrestling, right? That's old school. We look at, 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 at the revival. No flips, just fists. What does the revival mean? What is it a revival of? It is a revival of wrestling. The fact that they can use the dreaded W word to describe what they're doing is really, really good for the revival. And hopefully it will help them. The Revival is one of my favorite tag teams, but they've entered into a tag team scene that is as good as it's ever been, in my opinion, in WWE. You've got the Usos, which we'll talk about in a minute, but you've got the Usos. You've got the New Day. you got Gable and Benjamin. you got uh, Rusev Day. you got the Fashion Police. you got the Bludgeon Brothers. The Ascension actually has something going on for themselves with their association with the Fashion Police. On the other side of things, over on Raw, where you'll find the revival, you've also got the Bar. You got Seth Rollins and Jason, Seth Rollins and Jason Jordan. You have all these teams coming forward in the Raw. I mean, you know, there's there's more Raw tag teams than that. Plus, over on NXT, you've got Sanity. You've got the Authors of Pain. You've got uh, 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 the Undisputed Era, and you got another tag team coming to. Well, we'll talk about that. That's not in the top five. Um, but I think it's going to do wonders for separating them and, and giving them an identity, which if you're going to enter the tag team division in WWE today, you really, really need to have. The other band thing that was on Raw was the curb stomp. Who saw that coming? Here on this show, if you rewind back to August, you can do it by going down this podcast feed or by going to the YouTube page and watching the video. You can see or hear Seth Rollins uh, at my live show, the Summer Sam show at Caroline's this year or last year, talk about the curb stomp and how every time he does an interview, anytime he does a Q&A, somebody asks about the curb stomp and he specifically says it's not coming back. And not happily, he doesn't say it as if to say, it's my choice and it's not coming back. I don't want to bring it back. He's saying, Seth Rollins used to say the curb stomp wasn't coming back the way Daniel Bryan said the WWE wasn't going to let him wrestle. Just putting that out there. I don't know why the curb stomp is back. Um, I haven't read on any of the internet forums or anything that uh, Seth Rollins is in trouble for doing it. So I would imagine that it was approved. Uh, I don't know if it was a one-time deal. I don't know if it was just something to highlight the fact that, whoa, the club is here. Whoa, we're doing uh, the curb stomp. Or if it's something new, maybe they just don't like his new finisher, so they're like, fine, just bring the curb stomp back. Because people love the curb stomp. Um, it was just, I kind of came out of nowhere. And I think it surprised a lot, a lot of people. Uh, um, you know, I, I I think that it, 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 out of nowhere, and, and Joe Flynn is saying it on Facebook right now, it's huge for Seth, and it really, really is. It's one of those little things at that moment, it's like, whoa! And all of a sudden, your eyes are locked on Seth Rollins again, which is something that Seth needs to have, I think, right now. Maybe it's because the Shield reunion didn't work out. You know, the Jason Jordan thing is the Jason Jordan thing, but really it's more of a tool for building Jason Jordan into what will eventually be a heel Jason Jordan, I believe. So maybe they say Seth needs something. Seth needs a shot in the arm. Let's give him the curb stomp back. I don't know. And Finn Balor made it look like a million bucks. Finn Balor made it look, I mean, and, and you look at the freeze frame on it. I'm sure a lot of us did. I looked at it and it looks like he's stomping right on the back of his neck. 
which is an odd thing to do when you just had a superstar go down with a neck injury. But, you know, these guys know what they're doing. I, I, I am not in the camp of people being like, Seth shouldn't be doing this. If Seth Rollins shouldn't be doing that move, he wouldn't be doing that move. Like, I never take it upon myself to be the guy who is in charge of who does what move. If a move is dangerous, I will leave it to the officials at WWE to tell a superstar to not do that move anymore. Until they say it, I'm not going to be the one because I enjoy watching it. You know, I think a lot of stuff looks dangerous. Most moves I would not want to have done to me. I would go so far as to say all moves I would not want to have done to me. They seem terrifying and painful. So I'm not never going to be one to say, hey, don't do that move. Don't do this move. I was happy to see the curb stomp back. Um, I think it's really, really great for Seth Rollins. And I'm interested to find out the story behind how it came back. Now, now I want Seth Rollins back on the podcast. Honestly, if Seth Rollins wanted to do the podcast every single week, he'd be welcome on the podcast every single week. But now I have a specific question in mind, a story that I want to get out of Seth Rollins. How did that thing come back? How did it come about? Uh, Corey Graves referred to it as a blackout, which is what he originally called it in NXT, says Brian Anderson. Maybe that's the, uh, that's the caveat. Maybe that's the compromise that was made. The language behind curb stomp is too severe, and the blackout is something different. I don't know. It could be that, but, uh, 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 you know, who knows? Who knows? I will say this. I'm going to add this before we move on to number four. While we're talking about banned things on Raw, we're talking about Raw. Let's talk about Braun Strowman's showing. He was amazing on Raw. I think that the the issue of Kurt Angle not having any actual power on the show, you know, in terms of his character, in terms of the show, has to be addressed in that storyline, and I hope it will be. I hope that it leads to something at WrestleMania because Stephanie really has taken away any power from Kurt Angle, and he looked really weak rehiring Braun Strowman. So hopefully that is addressed within the storyline. One thing, as I was watching, and I always watch, and I get a little nitpicky, and I thought the segment was great. Braun Strowman destroying things is always going to make me happy. I talked about it last week. I don't think you need to put in all the truck screeching sound effects. You know, I think we get the idea that a truck is tipping over. But one thing that I would have loved to see happen and and stop me if this is ridiculous. But Braun Strowman, he goes into the TV truck. Everybody runs screaming. Little Mike Mansuri runs screaming out of the truck. It's, it's, it's chaos. It's absolute chaos, right? And then he leaves the production truck. He takes it off the, uh, the truck itself. He removes uh, the back of it. And then he flips the truck part, the part that a guy drives, you know. I think that it would have been amazing. It w- they're building a monster to do the job. I don't know. I mean, Chris, that's uh, Chris on Facebook said they're building a monster to do the job. I think there is nothing about what's happened with Braun Strowman that would lead anybody to fairly say that he's not being built properly. You know, he's being built into a monster, and I don't think it's fair to say he's just being built to do a job. I could easily see him being the guy in WWE at this point. But... Um, I think that's putting the, that's counting your, your chickens before they hatch there, Buster. And that's not what we do here on the podcast. Uh, I would have loved if Braun Strowman had flipped the TV truck itself, like the production part. And you don't have to actually do it, right? You can have a dummy TV truck on the outside. There's enough shots that you can pull it off. It doesn't have to actually hurt anybody. But imagine, right, you're watching Raw 
and you see Braun Strowman and he's tipping it and he's tipping it and it's the production part of the truck with all the superstars faces on it and he's tipping it and the commentator's like no 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 we can't do this no 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 Braun 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 we need this we need to stay this is this is a million dollar truck 12 million dollar truck whatever you want to say it is Millions of dollars of equipment are in that thing. That's the truck that's keeping us on the air. Don't do this. Don't do this. Braun Strowman, tip, tip. He tips it over. And as he's tipping it over, Raw goes off the air and static comes up on the screen. Give it five to seven seconds of static on the screen. Oh my God, Raw just went off the air because Braun Strowman tipped the truck over. Then they have to go straight to commercial break. Obviously, the commercials are coming out of USA. Come back, right? And before you fully come back, have a raw technical difficulties graphic up. Have some balls, throw up the technical difficulties graphic. You had static because you weren't prepared for this. You come back from commercial break. Maybe give it like 15 sec. maybe not quite 15, maybe like 10 to 12 seconds. Give it 15. Screw it. Have some balls, give it 15 seconds of technical difficulties. You will probably get more viewers in the 15 seconds of the technical difficulties sign than you'll have for the whole show, just because it's like, what's going on now? Then you can come back and finish Raw, and, and like when you come back from the technical difficulties sign, you go like, are we back on the air? Are we back on the air? Okay, we're using our backup truck now, because of course WWE has a backup truck. It just took them five minutes to figure it out. We're using our backup truck now, and Braun Strowman, and now Braun Strowman already has Michael Cole. He's already out there. We're joining it in progress. It would just feel alive, right? It would feel alive, and then you wouldn't have to worry about adding sound effects. You wouldn't have to use uh, movie effects, because it, the show would feel alive, and like anything can happen. It would feel real. without. You wouldn't even have to see the impact. Because realistically, you wouldn't see the impact. Because the moment that the truck made impact, the feed would go dead. So it doesn't have to look real. You don't need the impact. You don't need to have a bunch of things crashing. Because before you heard anything crashing, the feed goes dead. You go straight to static. You go to commercial break. You have a raw technical difficulties, old school, you know, sign up. Just a, just a graphic on the TV for 15 seconds while music plays. For 15 seconds. And then you come back and Braun Strowman is already on the Raw stage. He's already grabbing Michael Cole. Oh my God, we had to go to our backup truck. But Braun Strowman just invaded the commentary table. This is Corey Graves talking. And he took Michael Cole. I just think that that's a little thing that would have made it go from a cool segment to a classic segment. I think Braun Strowman takes Raw off the air by tipping the truck is a forever segment. That is on your top Raw moments countdown at that point. And it's never been done before. You know, tr trucks have been tipped over. What's the difference between tripping, t tipping over a truck and an ambulance? Really? Really? You know, truck is probably a little heavier but, you know, we've, it's not anything we haven't seen before. He tips over the back of the truck and takes Raw off the air. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I think it'd be great. I think it'd be great. When we come back to Raw and the backup team to the show is Nickelback. Yeah. Yeah, I think it'd be awesome. Um, I just think it's a good idea. Number four this week on Sam Roberts' wrestling podcast, State of Wrestling Top Stories, is the trouble that the Enowai family found themselves in this week. Of course, the Enowai family is the uh, Samoan dynasty that has existed throughout the world of, of WWE, uh, involving people like Yokozuna and The Rock, and uh, most recently, the Usos and Roman Reigns. So this week, a couple things happened. The first 
Jay Uso gets busted for DWI, uh, driving while, uh, while under the influence. And, well, no, driving DWI, DUI is driving under the influence. DWI is driving with influence. Maybe that's all it was. Maybe they were like, man, this Jay Uso, everybody's copying him. He must have influence. No, he got a DWI, which is not, no joking matter. I don't understand people who drive drunk in general. It's a ridiculous thing to do. There is no good that's going to come of it except you'll get home. Uber, Lyft, it's all so easy. Even the people that are afraid to use uh, uh, riding services because you never know who your driver is. If you're a professional wrestler, there's no Uber driver that's going to take you out. Okay, you got this. If you're an Uso, bring the Uber driver to a to or Lyft driver, whoever it is, bring the driving service driver to the Uso penitentiary. Do whatever you need to do. But there is no I, I take riding services all the time. They always work. They, they always get me to where I need to be. There's never a problem. You know, I in, in 2018 that anybody drives drunk is insane. I personally don't drink. I would never get into the car with a driver who was drinking because no possible good can come of it. It'd be one thing if it's like, yeah, it's a risk, but okay, yeah, I'll take the risk. No good can come of it. You can get hurt. You can get killed. You can kill somebody else by mistake and go to jail forever. And it was just because you got drunk and we're like, oh, I didn't realize. You can just mess up your car, which would be a pain in the ass. You can get arrested and get a DWI and get your mug shot everywhere. When you are one of the uh, one half of one of the top tag teams in the world right now, on a roll, the Uso Penitentiary, working for a company that is family friendly, the last thing you want is a DWI charge. So many bad things can happen. No good things can happen. So I don't understand why people do it, especially when there's success going on around them. When you're succeeding, you know, I don't know what's going on in Jay Uso's personal life. I'm not going to pretend to know, but I do know in his professional life, I watch it every Tuesday and some Sundays, and he is succeeding in ways that I don't think people thought possible. When the Usos were coming to the ring in board shorts and face paint, it was a cute act for kids, but I don't think anybody saw in them the success that they're having now in terms of how good they are. And when you get that, you have to be out of your mind to mess it up. And, you know, I, no shots at him, but it, maybe this is coming from a, a guy who just, I, I work and work and work and work trying to be good at what I do and trying to be successful at what I do. And I don't take it for granted when I am. You know, everybody makes stupid mistakes, I suppose, but some are really, really mistakes that you don't have to make. Hopefully, you know, who knows what happens. Maybe the charge is wrong. But, you know, I they, they have really good ways of figuring out if a DWI is a legitimate charge or not. I hope that this is a wake-up call for Jey Uso. Uh, I hope it doesn't set his career back too much. Uh, and I hope he doesn't do this anymore because it's really stupid to mess up your success for something as dumb as DWI. Just don't, just, you know, enjoy your life. You don't have to do that stuff. Then, and I, I say the Anawai'i family, okay, by the way, Clint on Facebook just now, that's the best joke I've heard all day. Jay Uso told the officer he only had one-ish. <laughs> you guys are terrific. I love you guys. 
Uh, I say the Anawai family because then, as of yesterday, I'm watching SmackDown, and I start getting these links that Roman Reigns has been linked to a steroid case. A, a year ago, uh, a guy uh, went down for uh, his involvement in a company that was doling out uh, steroids, anabolics, which are illegal. And he started naming names. A video came out where he was naming names. And I still don't understand. I watched the video and I don't understand the purpose of it. Like you get in trouble for doing something bad. And then in order to tell people you're not that bad, you turn around and you try to get other people in trouble. Doesn't make sense to me why he needs to get other people in trouble and ruin other people's lives. But we do reap what we sow sometimes. So um, he mentioned... Josh Dumel, but he called him Duhamel, <laughs> which makes me feel like, who is this guy? Uh, Marky Mark Wahlberg and Roman Reigns. Now, as far as actors using steroids, I guess if it's illegal, you shouldn't do it. But, I mean, you know, the issue here is that WWE has a well-documented and strict policy about anything steroid-related. WWE after what has happened with professional wrestling, I'm not going to say with WWE, with professional wrestling in the past and the stigma that has been associated with it, whether it's drugs or injuries or steroids or whatever it is, WWE has made more steps to make that company a more healthy place than any other company, especially in the world of sports. WWE has done a much better job than the NFL. Then I mean, and and that's that's and there's not even an argument there. Concussions, steroids, drug testing. WWE has completely revamped their company at times at the cost of the company. They've suspended big names for it. They've turned down people for it. You know what I mean? They, they they've stopped doing things in the ring that we know are going to get attention, whether it's blood or, or headshots or any of this hard-hitting stuff, we know that that's going to get attention. We know it's going to get ratings. We're not doing it because it doesn't put our competitors in a healthy place. And it's not a good example for the kids. And it's bad publicity. So we're not doing it. And I think that's what all organizations uh, like WWE should be doing if that's the image that they want to have. I really, really hope that uh, uh, and somebody is saying uh, strict is in quotations if you take what Punk says. I mean, you know, CM Punk is one guy, and there's a big lawsuit behind that. I, I, if what CM Punk was saying was entirely true, it's hard to believe that WWE would throw as much money and legal stuff behind what they're doing to uh, fight that as they are. If they are, I don't really know enough about it, but um, you know, I, I, I think that that. WWE has been well-documented at, at doing things that would lead you to believe that they are pretty strict about their policy. You know, I, I, I don't think it's uh, 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 fair to say that they're not strict, uh, especially for us on the outside. If we're on the inside and we see something, then, you know, you know, more power to CM Punk to say something. But for those of us on the outside watching, you know, I, I, don't, I don't think it's fair for any of us to say that it's not strict when all, all, all signs are that it has been pretty strict. Uh, I would hope that this is a mistake. I would hope that this is somebody just trying to get some attention and throwing Roman Reigns under the bus. I would hope that it's not what Roman is accused of doing. Uh, I would hope that, and then again, you talk about success. I would hope that when somebody like Roman Reigns is given the keys to the castle and saying, you talk about opportunity, we're giving you the opportunity to be the main guy. 
we're giving you the opportunity to fill John Cena's shoes. As much pressure as that is to be bigger, to heal quicker, to be able to do this day in and day out, which Roman Reigns, you know, say what you want about Roman Reigns, but he does the house shows. He does has done this day in, day out. I would hope he's not throwing it all away for something like steroids. He does have a wellness policy violation. Everybody, you know, people say it was because of uh, uh, ADD medication, uh, but who knows? You know, I'm not, again, we're outsiders. So who really knows what that is? I really hope that Roman Reigns isn't actually part of this uh, steroid thing. Uh, I feel like it'll get investigated because now it's popping up on every website. Uh, You know, we're really close to WrestleMania. So for that to come down on Roman Reigns now would be unfortunate. But again, we reap what we sow. If this is a mistake that Roman Reigns made, he really shouldn't have made the mistake. Um... Kenneth says, but if this is a year old, could the guy be talking about Roman's involvement in the past, which he was already punished for? Again, what he was punished for, for what we know, is Adderall. That, I think, was the public excuse given. Now, sure, it could have been something beyond Adderall. And I wouldn't be surprised if it was. And if he has already been punished for it, then great. And he hasn't done anything since then, then great. I don't think you need to repunish him because now some guy put it back in the press but I do think that guys that are being put in the position that they're being put in need to realize the responsibility of the position that they're in that's all you know and I think that the the Anawaii boys are are among them I've seen Roman Reigns uh in the ring and out of the ring I've talked to him on the record and off the record and he strikes me as a guy that really wants this and really takes this seriously and I think cares about the business and has a passion for it more than people realize. Uh, Which the first thing that I thought was, I hope that this is not real. And I don't think it is. It could be, but maybe I'm just being naive, but I really think that Roman cares too much about this to get taken down by something as silly as that. So we'll see. uh, We'll see what happens uh, with that. The number three story this week on Sam Roberts wrestling podcast, state of wrestling Goldberg goes into the WWE Hall of Fame. Uh, not shocked. Um, it's a little bit of a controversial take in the sense that his WWE career was not huge. But, you know, I, I think that it, it is asinine to say that Goldberg doesn't have a place in the Hall of Fame. I think the bigger story here, and, and you know, the idea that he was he's back in the WWE's good graces. He was wrestling last year, so the idea that he'd be going in this year is uh, is... You know, it makes perfect sense. And and I think that Goldberg is a good addition into the, the WWE Hall of Fame and he needs to be in it. So why not why not put him in this year? And honestly, you need showcase big name headline marquee guys that are still able to go and accept the uh accept the plaque, accept the honor and give their speech and still be the guys that we remembered them as. That's why Kurt Angle went in last year because he was still able to do what he was able to do. I think that the the thing that we need to talk about is how great for diplomacy in the WWE this relationship with 2K has been. WWE has figured out a formula. Extend the olive branch with the video game. Not a big deal. You don't have to agree to anything, but it works out the same way. Ultimate Warrior, Sting, Kurt Angle, Goldberg, video game. Just a video game, no big deal, just a video game. Don't worry about it. 
you know, Warrior was like, ah, I don't know if I'm doing anything besides this video game. Boom, Hall of Fame. Sting, I don't know if I'm doing anything besides this video game. Boom, two matches and the Hall of Fame. Kurt Angle, yep, I, I, I'm, I'm seeing what's there. Boom, matches, Hall of Fame. General Manager. Goldberg, video game, two matches, three matches, maybe four matches, Hall of Fame. Amazing. Amazing what the relationship with 2K has done. Uh, Travis Taylor is asking who will induct Bill Goldberg. I don't know who Bill Goldberg's fans are in the world of wrestling. Um, you know, I think he's he's uh, got a good relationship with DDP, but I feel like we saw DDP induct Jake Roberts. Then we saw DDP go in. That seems like a lot of DDP at the Hall of Fame ceremony. Although, you know, he'd give a great speech, but it just, it seems like a lot. You know, um, maybe Eric Bischoff could induct Bill Goldberg into the Hall of Fame. It'd be really funny to have Triple H do it, but I don't see that happening. Um, yeah, I don't know who's going to induct. Just because he leads such a private life, he's such a family-oriented guy. I, I think Eric Bischoff would be a good choice to induct Bill Goldberg just because Bill Goldberg is probably the one creation of Bischoff's that is strictly a Bischoff WCW creation that really clicked. You know, the NWO was the biggest thing ever, but let's be honest, most of the NWO's success was due to uh, WWE, right? Everybody thinking WWE was taking over. You might put Sting in that category. I mean, Sting was already the top guy before Bischoff, but... Sting having that year uh, with with the crow face paint was an amazing time. So, yeah, you you could put Sting in that category, but I would say Goldberg is the first and only homegrown WCW legacy Hall of Fame worthy talent. So I would probably give Bischoff uh, the rub on that. Um, and and Ralph, it says uh, Tony Schiavone should induct Goldberg. Yeah, I think so. I think so. I think I think Bischoff is uh, would be my choice. Um, let's talk to uh, let's talk about uh, number two. Have Kevin Nash do it? Says Mike Snyder. Ha ha. Yeah, yeah. Maybe Kevin Nash. Uh, uh, yeah, I think it's gonna be Bischoff. Number two story. Number two story for this week's state of wrestling is new signees. WWE uh, new signees for 2018. Big names too. Uh, of course, of course, you've got, uh, 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 War Machine. War Machine gets signed, uh, which I think is going to be really, really interesting. Ricochet is officially finally signed, and, uh, Candice LeRae is officially signed. There's some other names coming up, but let's talk about where everybody should go first. I would, I would put War Machine in NXT. And I'll tell you why. I think it's time for the Authors of Pain to get moved up to the main roster. I think War Machine could come in and have a really fun thing with Sanity. I think seeing War Machine head-to-head with Sanity would be a really, you know, interesting battle just because they size up properly. And then have War Machine go after the tag titles. I think War Machine could have a great run in NXT. And I think they would work... On the main roster. Because I think you you put the Authors of Pain up on the main roster. You replace them with War Machine. You have War Machine and Sanity 
go head to head for a while. Then you can put Sanity on the main roster while maybe you 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 bring up a new tag team, have War Machine go after the tag team titles from the Undisputed Era. And then, you know, by then you're probably a year into this whole thing. Uh, so I think you can get at least a good year uh, in NXT out of War Machine, if not more. Candice LeRae. Candice LeRae. I think the first time we see Candice LeRae will be in the Women's Royal Rumble. No doubt about it in my mind. Uh, and I wouldn't be surprised to see Candice LeRae go straight to the main roster. NXT could probably use the star power. But so could... I wouldn't be surprised to see Candice LeRae go to the main roster. Uh, that said, uh, NXT could use the star power. Either way, whether it's NXT or main roster, I believe we will see Candice LeRae in a WWE ring, May Young Classic aside, for the first time as a signee at the Royal Rumble uh, a week from Sunday. I, I think she'll be in the Women's Royal Rumble, and that's where we'll see her. Uh, and... Uh, Ricochet, I think, needs to go straight to 205 Live. I think I would put Ricochet in the Royal Rumble match as a surprise entrant in the men's Royal Rumble match, obviously, and then put him straight on 205 Live because 205 Live needs it. And, by the way, bring in Ricochet, put him on 205 Live, and start letting people have matches with him that look like Ricochet matches, that look like the matches you should be having on 205 Live. That's what's going to draw attention to that brand. There are a couple other names that are being thrown about, and I see them already in the Facebook chat. Um, although Travis is saying I'd like to see Authors of Pain and War Machine be kept apart for at least a year well that's what I'm saying move the Authors of Pain to the main roster have War Machine tear through NXT without Authors of Pain there anymore and then when you have War Machine go up to the main roster Authors of Pain have been waiting for them that's I mean that's what I think is just it would be beautiful um, EC3 EC3 he takes his final bow, his curtain call. He is done with Impact Wrestling. He was on an independent show the night of the Royal Rumble. That independent show has been canceled. Not canceled as in the show is not going to happen, but canceled as in EC3 is not going to be on the show anymore. Um, historically, that has led us to believe uh, that that's going to be a Royal Rumble debut. It's going to be really, really interesting because uh, does he come in as EC3? I don't think so because, number one, it's a TNA name. WWE wouldn't own it. TNA probably owns it. Number two, Ethan Carter, Dixie Carter. Dixie Carter is a TNA person. Unless you bring in Dixie Carter. I mean, how amazing would it be if WWE brought in Dixie and EC3? That's the move that I would make, 100%. If EC3 became available, I would reach out to Dixie immediately. Just picture this. Okay, guys. Roll with me. Because I'm sitting there thinking about how do you put EC3 in the Royal Rumble? Because honestly, EC3 is not AJ Styles. If EC3 comes out, it'll be a surprise. But EC3 will not carry the, what he carries the way AJ Styles did. AJ Styles was like, oh my God, he's here. EC3 hasn't had the Japan run. He hasn't had any of this stuff. Now, he may not be a surprise entrant in the Royal Rumble. Maybe he canceled the show just to get people guessing. Who knows? But if I'm WWE, I am going to sign EC3 because I think he's great. I'm not bringing him in as Derek Bateman, which he was in, in NXT, the WWE's NXT before NXT was NXT, uh, when it was the reality show hybrid thing. I'm bringing, I'm going to get with TNA. We've already settled the Matt Hardy thing. I'm going to keep him as EC3, Ethan Carter III. And I'm bringing in Dixie Carter. 
I mean, how much better can you get if you're going, if you're at the Royal Rumble and you're hearing 10, 9, blah, 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 5, 4, 3, 2, 1, buzzer goes off and Dixie Carter comes out to introduce EC3? Oh my God, that's a moment. That's one that's going to get everybody talking and going to shock everybody. Everybody kind of assumes because he canceled the indie date that EC3 is going to be at the Royal Rumble anyway. You have Dixie Carter come out? Nobody's going to see that coming. And she did do the thing for the Kurt Angle uh, WWE 24. So we know there is some form of communication open between Dixie Carter and WWE. If I'm writing with WWE, if I've got power over in WWE, number one, Braun Strowman's tipping over that TV truck and we're going off the air. Number two, Dixie Carter is making her debut at the Royal Rumble and she is going to be the valet, the manager, the auntie of EC3. I mean, I don't think you could get any better. And I would go a step further. I would make Dixie Carter the general manager of Raw. It's not working with Kurt Angle, obviously. The the, the former superstar thing doesn't work because all that happens is Stephanie McMahon ends up emasculating the former superstar. Dixie Carter ends up the general manager of Monday Night Raw. You've got Eric Bischoff. Now you're in Eric Bischoff territory. And you say what you want about Dixie Carter. She cannot run a wrestling promotion to save her life, but she's great on camera. She's a fantastic villain. Plus, wasn't her name, she's the name, her name is the same name as an actress who was on like Designing Women or something like that. So you can't miss, you can't miss. I would put Dixie Carter as the general manager of Monday Night Raw coming off the Royal Rumble. Nobody would see it coming except the people who listen to this podcast. And then you would all bow down to me and people would realize Sam Roberts is a pro wrestling genius. Ah, I'm getting goosebumps just thinking about it. I got to move on to number one. Number one story, not a fun story. That one would be fun. Not a fun story is Paige. Obviously, the WWE is not ready to commit to the fact that Paige's career is over, as a lot of websites have reported. Paige is 25 years old. She gets injured on a house show in a match with Sasha Banks. Fresh off her comeback to WWE. Uh, she gets a neck injury. People are describing it as similar to Daniel Bryan, Edge, in the sense that they're young. They look like they're in shape. If this was 10, 15 years ago, they would probably still be wrestling. But we know more now than we did then. We can make people safe. We don't want people to be paralyzed. So we're going to keep, we're going to pull them out of the ring. And people are saying that Paige's career may be done, which would be like a huge, huge shame. Um, especially because Paige has so much juice left in her. You know, we're just getting hitting this second wave. There's a movie coming out about her that The Rock is producing. There's all this stuff. The only silver lining with the Paige thing is that she's in a role right now where she can still be a part of the show. Like she can still be the manager of Absolution. What if you have Candice LeRae come in? What if Paige brings in Candice LeRae so you've still got three wrestlers in Absolution and Paige is their spokesperson? Because Paige cuts a promo like nobody's business. Paige is one of, if not the best female promos in WWE right now. So I don't think you want to lose that. I don't think you want to lose Paige off TV. Um, and and people, like, people like Paige. There are a lot of Paige fans. She was accepted back immediately. So I think that there's still a lot of stuff for Paige to do on TV. And hopefully they will keep her as a member of, uh, of Absolution as the spokesperson because she's great. Um, yeah, I think, uh, I think uh, uh, so. Paige will establish herself with a faction. Yeah, Absolution. Um, people coming chiming in on Facebook. Now, that's it. Those are the top five stories. Don't forget, ladies and gentlemen, 
to make sure you're subscribed to this podcast, Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, uh, Google Play, NotSam.com, wherever you go. And we gave that SeatGeek code, Sam, if you want to get $20 off your SeatGeek purchase, uh, download the SeatGeek app, put in promo code SAM, and uh, and you can get uh, disc- you can get great deals on tickets. You want to go see live wrestling, use SeatGeek. It's a great service. We will see you next week right here on Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast. Thanks for listening. Follow at NotSam on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. And subscribe for free to listen every week to Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast.